Welcome, welcome. Here's another episode of Late Night Cruising. I'm your host, Rick Easley. And with me is the um the Baroque Berlicious, Brian Maselli. Brian, how you Brian doing? Brian underscore Thick Bear's my stage name now, Ricardo. <laughs> That's right, and friends, you can follow if you're looking to get your whole plowed, you can follow Rick Easley on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere. Or you can follow us on every aspect on Late Night Cruising. And um, of course, podcast. You, can, and the, you can find it on Tribe, which is T-R-V-B-E dot com. Oh, that's right. Tribe.com, Late Night Cruising. That's a yes. that's a platform we have. And of course, me, Brian and the Square Thick Bear, everywhere from OnlyFans to Venmo to Twitter to TikTok where I'm not being flagged. Follow <laughs> me. I need cigarettes. Anywho. So, Ricardo, how was your week of life? It was good. I got vaccinated for my second shot yesterday. Um, it, was, it wasn't bad. I um, The pain came out the same night, last night. I felt a soreness. But overall, I had like a runny nose. Other than that, I was good. Thank God you're one more step to being able to go to gangbang without getting COVID and dying. Yes. Well, this is my second shot, so I'm done. I just got to go the two weeks for it to really, like, fully get through my system kind of thing. Listen, I told everyone this. I do not give a flying fuck the second, the second my group, which my group's actually a little bit ahead of the general public, bartenders are in a cat, we're very low. But are, they're you, like, hey. are you considered essential workers? So I think so. Bartenders are considered. Uh, I, they they're on the list. So basically, I, I think it's like because it's first like, responders and then it's essential workers, oh, and that's how like, I got it. Well, basically, I can get the shot two weeks before the general general public, like gotcha. two weeks. But then we're we're like the bottom of that list. Like my like my friend who told me that was like, yeah, girl. We're like at like let's say general public can get it in June. We're getting it like May fifteenth. So calm down. But so, yeah. <laughs> so like, there's some reason I, I like listen. And we, you know what? This is something we talk about. You know, late night cruising, but this affects all of our lives. I know it is going to be a while before, even when everyone in the world has a vaccine, and like COVID is like now the flu. You're not going to be seeing circuit parties, gangbangs, sex parties with one to eight hundred guys. It's going to be wild. I disagree. I feel like I, I feel like it's going. I feel like it's going to be the the floodgates are opening up the minute because you think about this. A lot of these companies depend on people. Yeah. What they're going to do is it's going to be like you have the vaccine. You know, they keep talking about the vaccine passport where you will have to show proof, like you do it like a. Yeah. You have to show proof that you got vaccinated, and that's gonna be like your proof. Either you have a bill on your phone, or it has to. It can't be. You know, they could tell when it's forgery, or whatnot. Weeks. It's at two weeks after you've had the second shot, though, right? Yes. So that's why people are so saying. So I will say, I will say, it probably. I probably say the fall is gonna be the big one. The fall is gonna be when it's gonna, cause like it's gonna, cause you can't, cause you know a lot of outdoor functions. We'll still be having COVID. So, like, people going to go... Spring break is going to be crazy. I'm telling you that now. Even though people are not vaccinated, spring break is going to be crazy. So, if you think about flying, and you thinking nobody's going to go on spring break, think again. In March, um, Delta, which is one of the few carriers left, that is block that blocks out their seats. So, they have a capacity. They don't do a full flight. 
they're lifted that back up in March. Also, anybody, all the all the flight attendants and workers in the airline industry that were furloughed, they're all coming back. So a lot of flights are going to be opening up where they used to didn't. So it could be a lot of flying. So a lot of time, and they're going to try to generate and get back. They're going to try to get back to normal. Fast. It's still going to be a minute. When I'm trying, when I say minute, like it's before, like like. Be, even with the vaccine, until like the vaccine is full, fully, fully out, well, I'm trying to. I don't feel people are going to be like perfect. Uh, like for example, they're already. Just, they're already. When I tell you, when I when I'm flying, when I when I was at job, I was with a you know I was flying for a carrier that doesn't block out, and when I say anything out of Miami or Houston or anything like that is packed, like it's full. Like the southern states, yeah, the, well, the southern states. Like, do not believe this. COVID does not exist in the southern states. They're all culturally, getting, they're all like culturally, COVID. it doesn't. I'm peeing while we're on the podcast. We're on the phone now. So, fucking oh, classy. Our viewers are into shower. You're nasty. You're nasty, bitch. If Rock any of our up. viewers are into golden showers, pretend like I'm pissing on you. Maybe I can put the phone next to the goddamn page. <laughs> anyway, but what I'm saying, though, like, no, but realistically, like, the things that it's like, bitch, I live near Miami. Listen, I go to Miami like once a month to film. Porn, my like my porn that I just filmed with Monster Cub with Mr. Hunter Scott XXX. You can find my video on OnlyFans, of course. I go there once a month, and bitch, let me tell you, I go there, I film, I leave. But the thing is, when I'm there, bitch, I'm not trying to get it. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, because trust me, in Miami, it's not. Listen, You're the minority. And in- all those pictures are fake. But the thing is, when I say fake, people aren't going wild and out like that like the pictures they're showing, but they are in a way because when you drive by, <laughs> like when I drive by Fort Lauderdale, I'm not getting out of the car, so I'm not trying to get it. But the thing is, it's not like people are out there fucking sucking dick on the street. But I will say this, all those bars, they're a little bit more filled to capacity than they should be. Oh, and the thing is, like, no doubt. You see, you see people walking with masks, but like the things, like I, I saw a few of the bars where I'm like, that bar, I know we're allowed to be, but I'm like, that 100% that's in that bar right now, like, bitch, do none of you watch the news, you know? So my, what I'm trying to say is... There's, I, there's, there's a, they, they just showed um, in Naples, Florida, there's a grocery store and nobody's wearing a mask. The, cat, the employees or the customer. Like, when you watch it, it doesn't look like it's from this year or last year. I'm lucky because I will say this, and I'm giving a big, big shout-out to Orlando. Orlando, Florida is like living in New York. Anyway, I love it. I love it. Orlando, because also Orlando is a democratic pocket. But let me tell you right now, everyone has a mask on everywhere the fuck you go. Once in a blue at a store, you'll see that one Trumper who's like not wearing a mask, but it's like one and it's very rare. And the store, and trust me, even though it's not legal, every, I, every time I've seen someone without a mask on, I see an employee. Sir, we just ask you out of respect to please wear your mask. Orlando is not like everywhere else in Florida, but again, I'm not going out there, but when I do go to Miami to film or do a photo shoot or for filming with other guys or clients, mm. when I'm driving around, I still see people wearing masks, but I also still, I, I, I do see a little bit where I'm like, all right, Miami is a little bit different. But again, that's why I'm thankful to be in Orlando during the apocalypse, but the second that all this shit starts getting a little better where nightlife's popping. I am trying to go to Fort Lauderdale to work at any gay establishment. Speaking Not of seconds, business. Mall, which is Mid-Atlantic Leather, for 2022, the host hotel, which is the Grand Hyatt, mm. sold out 
in sec in minutes. It sold out in five minutes for 2022. Just to put because, just to put in perspective how how the how how life is going to be different in 2020 in the 20s. Well, it's so glad that you brought this it's up. It's going to be like the roaring. It's going to be the really the roaring 20s because it's going to be booming. Um, I think I think IML is moving from the spring to the fall. You know, IML in Chicago, the international yeah. men, um, men. I, I have to double check, but I believe it's coming in the fall. So I feel like the fall is going to be, it's going to be a shift. Like our summer season is going to happen in the fall. Because a lot of people, I feel that right now in the world that we're living in, a lot of people feel confident enough. Because I saw a few other, I'm trying to think about it. There's a few other events that I saw that I was like, whoa, that's really ballsy. But then I saw the date and I'm like, Oh, 2022. Like, I think, what was it? It wasn't the Black Party. Was it, I think uh, it was, was it the Bears? Was it um, in, oh, God. Was it the Cuba. one in Puerto, Vall Puerto Vallarta? Um, um, shit, I cannot think of that thing. No, I feel like a lot of people are feeling confident enough saying that by 2022, we'll be able to have these big things again. But here's my word of caution. I'm going to say it because we live in an uncertain life and world. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. For me... I'm not going to necessarily put all my chickens in one basket. Like, like the thing is, like, I, like I said again, when that day comes, yes, I'll book. But like right now, if someone says to me, "Hey, Brian, I'm telling you, by 2022, it's going back to normal. Let's go book tickets for for like you know, fucking the black party." I'm going to be like, "Bitch, I'm going to buy mine on the line or risk not going because I don't know if it's definitely going to be." But I've been noticing that all these parties, like, "Oh, 2022 will definitely be over." Because people are buying because we've all been living not only for a year, but they're like, we don't know exactly when. So the thing is, people are starting to already plan the party for a year from now. So it is going to be crazy. But when that day comes, I'm like, bitch, I'm just trying to get the fuck out somewhere. And yeah. it's going to be the it's gonna be great. Speaking but, of speaking of bars and events, um, I just read online that Boxers and Hell's Kitchen closed its Washington Heights location because of the oh, landlord what? wouldn't negotiate with them, and they're moving out of their old Hell's Kitchen location into another HK location with a uh, smaller rooftop. So what? it's gonna be it's you know so that's gonna be a different change in, in the nightlife. And of course, we know we lost a lot of bars and places through the year, last year. Well, that's the only thing about too. Speaking of our topic of, especially with the sexual aspect, but okay, something I want to bring up though is now with all this roaring twenties. Which yes, like, like listen, I'm, I, I support it. I, I've said that I'm not moving back, but like the cock, my home, my love, the, I will love the cock till the day I die. The day the cock can reopen. Yes, I 100% say this. I feel like the second, like, COVID, it's going to be lines around the door. But the thing is, the clientele of certain places, like, for example, uh, IML and uh, uh, these things you have to book. They're booking five minutes. There's going to be a different clientele of these things because you have to realize right now so many people are financially affected. Like, the reason why I said the cock like, or the eagle wouldn't be affected is because anyone can go there. It's like, even if you've, like, had a horrible year of unemployment, not making money. But the thing is, it's only going to be the rich gays. It's the gays who are lawyers who, even though they've been affected by the pandemic, they're not affected enough they can't afford a vacation. So what I'm excited, not excited, excuse me, let me rephrase that. What I'm fascinated with to see is 
what's the crowds going to be looking at at these big gay events that are booking out in five minutes? What I'm trying to say is you're not going to see that hot college twink. You're not going to see necessarily that Brian Thickbear. Because, bitch, I don't got money right now. I haven't worked at the cock in over a year. You know what I'm saying? Just unemployment. So the thing is, you're really just going to be seeing the wealthy homosexuals. And I'm not trying to say, but listen, wealthy can't buy you can't buy your body and looks. Can't buy that body, yaddy, yaddy. So you got to put, put that work in that. <laughs> so I'm see what the men... But also, I mean, think about this too. The money for these venues are going to be more fantastic because think about it. Like anyone who's... The one choice is only the people that are booked right now are the people got money. I feel so like, are, I feel like too... I feel like it's gonna open. It's gonna open a lot of, cause a lot of businesses didn't make it, so I feel like it's gonna open that opportunity for other new people to like take a chance and like thrive and, you know, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are gonna support smaller events, so if you wanna like if you wanna launch something new and exciting, if you're a small independent, you can do better with a smaller crowd it not be considered a bad thing because if you think about it, back in the day, we if if, if you went to a party and it was only like 50 people, oh my God, this is sucks. Now, right. 50 people is a lot of people for an event. And... Richard Easley, hold on. We gotta give you a... You're getting like a Reddit award for the day. That is the most insightful and best thing you've said out of all of our years doing this podcast. <laughs> that was your most in-depth moment and, and like you re- like oh my fucking god you have just changed the world because you're right it is going to literally change people's views when they see 20 people in a sex party because girl we're used to fucking if we're lucky seeing three people oh my god sex is going to be so much better because guys like i'm gonna say it too many times like people would like like uh like me i go to a sex party like oh there's only 20 guys you're gonna leave bitch right now let me tell you if i see five guys i'm gonna be like oh my god thank you jesus let me kiss your hand yes so you're this is gonna really change it, that 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 love. It really makes and it, I feel like if we need we had an excess in the world, we had a lot of excess of a lot of things, yes. and now it's being condensed now, and it's like you appreciate life a lot more. And like before, you didn't think nothing. Oh, I'll go to this this eventually, eventually, eventually. Now it's like that you lost your shot because a lot of times people wanted to check out certain things. Those things are gone. Like for me, I wanted to go to DC Eagle so bad. I've heard so many good things. It's gone. Like it's not, they just announced that um, Atlantic, uh, Atlanta, DC, DC Eagle in Atlanta has been considered a historical uh, landmark. So, um, so it, it, you know, it has it, but Atlanta, it, it, Lena just says their philosophy is just like, oh, just wear a mask. If whether you put it on or not, long as they stay it, that's all that that's all that counts. So culturally, Atlanta. like you're seeing how different regions handle it. And um You know what I'm gonna do? Let me tell you right now, so all my escort brothers out there, I'm just gonna tell you right now too, speaking piggybacking on what we we're talking about with the rich people. I think this is something I might do. I would risk getting a hotel, not at the mother hotel, but getting like, like, bitch, staying at the Motel 6 up the block. Because let me tell you right now, all these events like we were talking about, it's going to be all the, like, let's say Bear Week, Key West happens again. God bless. I love Bear Week. I mean, I'll be working Bear Week, but I think I would make money because, again, right now the only people, like, if Shane Tate, God bless him, go follow him. He does all the Bear events. I love him. If he does, 
let's say, Bear Week 2022 in Key West, it's only going to be the rich bears going. So, bitch, guess what? If you're an escort like myself, you better book a plane ticket. Let me tell you right now, only the rich men are going to be there. I'm going to get bought the fuck up. I'm going to be taking three Viagras like they're Tic Tacs in the morning and be like, let's go make that money. Hey, clean let's that that hole's going to be gushing. That hole's going to be gushing. <laughs> God bless Jesus. I'm gonna that grace. kitty is gonna be. That kitty is gonna be busy. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna pop it up. I mean, uh, it's gonna be wonderful. But I think that is something. But again, something. You know what else? It's something to give people hope about to look forward. But like we talked about last week, I'm looking at my notes. And we were talking about. Uh, we were talking about the uh, the grinder and scruff. How, like always, like, you know how they're a killer of the gay community. I feel with the sexual. Uh, they're gonna, they gonna see a downward trend because, because don't forget are... don't forget these apps are starting to be grandfathered pretty soon yeah. to the point that they've been around for so long that people are going to be like why am i on here you know and it's gonna be more efficient to go out and start cruising um well i think that's what i'm trying to say is i think that especially with this whole this whole 2022 being like the roaring 20s again, I feel that gay men, for example, straight people too, but especially gay men, I think that cruising is really coming back. Because, you know, it's so funny. We can go into the, the... I, last night, I was telling you this before we started, so we'll tell really quick. I had last night every gay man's fantasy in the, for the most part in the world. One of my clients, because I do erotic massage, my client was a 21-year-old baseball playing frat boy i very good looking but the thing was when i had this client which i was like this is everyday man's fantasy right now but we're gonna i'm gonna go with it he was saying to me about how he doesn't have any of the apps and that's why i'm saying about grandfathered in you made sense with that the thing is me at 21 are you kidding me this grinder was downloaded before i even bought the phone with these new generations they're so old now now they look at it's lost. It's like Facebook. Facebook was for college kids, and now it's like grandpa's on there. Same thing with Grinder Scruff. People, are, the younger generations of gays are looking at it like, I've heard that Grinder and Scruff. It's all a bunch of guys who don't want to play. They don't want to hook up. They don't want to date. It's stupid. It's just guys messaging saying, "Hey," because that's exactly what this twenty-one-year-old said. And he's been gay now. Well, he I said strip because like he just came out. Or whatever, I don't know. But anyway, the point is just from this new baby gay. He's already heard such negative things about Grinder Scruff, how they're not, you know, to them, like to us, like, and I was telling him, like, when I'm my age, because I'm like, I'm 36, but when I was younger, Grinder Scruff was like cruising. Like, that was a big hot, deal. Hot. It was a me. big deal. Like, it, you what never had, you never had that much accessibility to gay men in your life. And to, like, see how many, like, to realize, like, it's more, and then when you find out it was more than you thought it would be, it was like, oh shit, you hit the jackpot. But well, now that now with OnlyFans and Just for Fans, and it's like to, it's to a point that it's a business now, and it's like a lot of people who used to go on there to cruise for pleasure are now working. So it's well, it's coming to a job. As as an OnlyFans person, I will say this: this is why I get upset with the mad at. I still go on Grinder and Scruff because again I'm old as fuck, 36 now. But the thing is, <laughs> when I'm on Grinder and Scruff, I'm looking for me. And a lot of guys misconstrued that when they see me on Grinder and Scruff, they think I'm looking for clients. And I'm like, bitch, I have a heartbeat. 
my dick still needs to come. I, this is this is Brian. This is not Brian Thick Bear. Like you know what I'm saying? Like in that aspect, the things that's so sad too is that OnlyFans is money, but like, I like to have sex sometimes without the camera on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of other people, like I talk. You know, I spoke to and I can say his name because I, I think it's something that he would not mind. I love Boomer Banks. I love him and his husband. Uh, you know, back in the, but I remember one time we were talking about Scruff, and he was saying, "Now, listen, Boomer Banks is one of the most beautiful men in the world. He gets. I mean, he he can get any man he wants." But he used to say to me, like, he would go on these apps, and again, people would, because I, I said it. I'm like, oh, when you turn on Scruff, it must be raining dicks. And he was like, trust me, he doesn't have struggles making men, but again, it was that aspect of people thinking, A, he's fake. They were thinking, like, there was someone like me using his picture. So you have that aspect. But also, people always look at us like, oh, there's no way this guy who has an OnlyFans and does porn. Like, same thing with me. Like, when I message guys, few of them would message me back and I'm sorry, honestly, I looked you up on Twitter when I saw that who you were and that and I'm no one. Like I'm not like a big deal. I, I fucking done one porn. It's like, I just thought that it was a fake profile or that you're looking for me to pay you. And I'm like, bitch, I need dick. <laughs> <laughs> the point is though is these younger generations, because a lot of people saw when the pandemic started that grinder and scruff were gonna get a rise, people would be bored. Bitch, I've been on there the whole voyage. Scruff and Grinder are worse than ever because I even said it too. Like, someone I'm like, I just want to actually talk to people. It's just, it's. I just feel like they're dead. I feel like the apps are just. There's like, you, you, they're not good for friendship. They're not good for dating. They're not good for sex. Like, why? I have no. I really go on there just to promote myself. I think. I, I think what we talked about too last week about the whole like sabotage and setup. A lot of people don't want to be on the apps anymore because now they feel like they're being set up. If they approach somebody and it's like now it's like I don't want to put myself out there or take a chance that you screenshot me and then put me on blast kind of thing. Well, I think that's also why Cruise is going to come back because you brought up a very good point. I've met so many men in the last, I want to say really, really more of this pandemic. I met men who have bluntly told me, oh, I'm not on the apps. Now, don't get me wrong. I've, we've always met those guys who are like, oh, I delete Grindr every 20 minutes. Like, you know, I'm not on. But like, I can't explain to you how much I hear I'm not on the apps. Like, I, I, I've met men, like, I went to the new beach uh, the other week. You can see my video on OnlyFans. Anyway, I went to the new beach, and when I was there, I, I finally actually met a bunch of guys who were actually very nice, which is hard in the gay community because we're all horrible people. And these men, this big group of attractive men, and when I say attractive, like, not model people, like, attractive to me. Every single one of them, not in a nasty, no malice, no, I'm better. Oh, I'm not on the apps. We're talking, like, five men. All five of these men, like, oh, I, I, because these are men who said, like, I, I'm horny, I can't even waste the time. And I'm like, but again, these men were at the nude beach cruising. Let's just say it was a good time. But the thing is, Magical. that's why also it was a good time. Because these five men were five men who were horny, who have finally, kind of like myself, given up on Grinder and Scruff. And guess what? They were there looking, like I was. What were you so doing? I, what were you doing, whore? You know, it's hard because I do take this pandemic seriously. Rest in peace, uh, Nisham. We all know Nisham from the cock, uh, who we all loved. He did pass which, away from COVID. Which, I do take I, that's going to, that's, um, go ahead and finish what you're saying, but that, I'm going to, it's going to segue to the next segment. But the, the big point is that I still do take it seriously. I go to the new beach because we are in Florida and there's a lot of space. I feel safe that you could be more than six feet away from everyone. So I still do have my blinders on, even though I'm on the beach. And, you know, we were just chit-chat. But I was cruising more and it's a little bit safer cruising. Because I will say at the beach, like, it's more like 
jerking or touching, but we're not like actually playing necessarily. But again, like I said, again, we're all hypocrites. I mean, when I was talking to those five guys, like we talked for a little while first about our lives and like, you know, what's what. I mean, and then like maybe perhaps something happened that was a little not COVID friendly, but I talked to them for like an hour. And I'm like, you know what? You kind of just go, like the men were like me. They go to the gym, they go home. Like, you know, like this is a big thing being at the beach. And I'm like, and again, just playing tonsil hockey with their urethra. I don't really think that was a big thing. But anyway, that's not the The reason why I want to segue is because I want to um, talk about the show, the, the shows and movies and films that we've, that came out last year that I kind of want to give a little shout out, kind of like promote and give people who you may think like, oh, everybody knows about this show clearly may not so like give them a little option of like hey check this out kind of thing and the reason why i brought it up i just watched a short film that featured nashan on here tv which is the gay um which is the gay um streaming app streaming service and it was a short film like 10 minutes and um yeah it featured him and i and i it is so funny because i just randomly was looking around and came across it so it's called a uh, mass and it's about the whole cruising and cruising with mass, M-A-S-S, like building mass, body mass. Okay. And I wanted to highlight that. And, Listen, um, I just also, want to say really quick, just out of respect, I, I, I do want to say this to our viewers. So if you always know about my life at the cop, and also when I say my life, your life, Ricardo, because, you know, Rick was clearly a big part of our Dirty Gay Fetish Tuesdays. Nisham was uh, just like giving a little... You know, a little honor. Nishan was not just a big part of gay nightlife, uh, the cock. Nishan was also an actor, singer. He was a very big part of gay culture. And he's someone to bring up when you're, since we're talking about he gay. Was, he was highlighted in, uh, I remember he was Nishan's highlighted in New York Times. Of, yeah, Nishan's in a lot of gay uh, culture things as well. Like, like, he's in books. Like, you know, when I say in books, like, not like in a conceited way, like, there's stories about like a uh, Twisted Sisters book. I think is it Twisted Sisters book. There's a, there's a few books where they, when they mention things about like the East Village, Rashad was always brought up. I'm like, oh, this this beautiful man. I like, he was a great person. But the point is that I want to say was also piggyback on uh, Mass was I will say this about gay movies, TV shows, Netflix. I'm giving a shout out to Netflix. Netflix gay movies are amazing. Yes. I will say that. I just watched one about the eight. I can't, I don't know the name. I'm sorry. Because it's an Australian one about the uh, AIDS, AIDS pandemic in Australia when it was happening. And you know what? It's, it was just, it was so well done. It was just like, what I'm trying to say, you, these gay movies. I definitely want to know about that one. Is anymore? What? I definitely want to know about that one because I know there's one coming out in February on HBO Max called It's a Sin. It's featured now in the UK on Channel 4, but it's coming to HBO Max mid, mid and this is the AIDS epidemic in London. So it's it's called It's a Sin and it's posted, um, it's featuring like Ali Alexander for years and years. So it's going to be... I, I want to say, I'm really glad you brought this up because I've been watching a lot of gay movies on Netflix lately. And listen, are there bad ones? Of course. Like I always say, like what was it? This is not my name. Or the uh, fuck? Oh my god! I know you know it. What is that? This say my name. What was it called? It was. It was really big. Everyone watched it. What was it about? Can you describe it for me? I can. Uh, the title. It was about a man who was went to be a like a. A mentor. The father was a mentor. Is that the one with Army Hammer? 
It's the one with that really hot guy. Fuck. And it was Timothy, really Call me by my name. Maybe that was a call me by my name. Yes. Like that one, I thought it was a great movie and I loved it, but it was just like a broke back mountain. It was just a gay. It was just literally I, a, a gay romance. I need to watch had, it, but I'm not. Ex- I'm not looking. I'm not in a hurry to watch it because I've heard some is, stuff. I heard some crazy stuff about Army Hammer. Not, not trying to ruin it for so I'm going to speak very vague. Don't it tell me. Don't tell me. Mountain, which I love. Both of those movies. The thing is, they weren't about gay culture. The things like I used to say is back in the day. I would have watched Brokeback Mountain if it was about uh, two women, or if it was about a man or a woman who had a secretly. They're very mainstream still gay. Yeah, it's, the a, gay it's like an isolated incident as opposed to yeah. being within the culture. Like, basically, both movies were like, it could have been about, for example, a movie during segregation of a black man and a white woman beating love. Like, to me, even though I, I did watch them both, of course, they weren't about, like, uh, there was small things about gay bashing and broke back mountains. Like, when I say small, like, it was really, like, just a little bit, like, their whole thing was fear. But I'm like, it was the same fear, like I said, of an interracial couple where this... The movies on Netflix now are I, that I've been watching. And again, I should write them down because I, I just watched them late night and look. Uh, uh, Boys in the Band. We were talking about this. Boys in yes. the Band. These are movies that are about not only the AIDS act, uh, pandemic, but also they're about cruising. Like The thing is, like this movie that I'm telling you about, there were so many aspects about cruising in the movie and like, like, like and, and, and gay culture. Boys in the Band, which I cannot say enough. If you have not seen Boys in the Band, go see it because the thing is, Boys in the Band is about gay culture. It is about gay men. Forget about cruising, but it's about how back in the day, like, like, you know, again, because they're all men who were showing that they, they, they're basically, it looks like those five Hell's Kitchen gays, but they're all in the closet because they have to be. And other than going to Fire Island once a year, which we all know we can go to Fire Island, what it is, it's a gay vacation spot near New York. That was their only time that they could just, and that's a part of the movie too. They're doing a gay dance that they did on Fire Island secretly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are movies to me that, I'm not trying to discredit Brokeback Mountain or uh, that's not, say my name, whatever the fuck it was. They're both beautiful. I love them. But at the same time, the angst in it, it's just basically bluntly about, it's a story that could have been about, like I said, a black that's, woman and that's a white the, man. That's the issue I have with, um, was it Love, Simon? Love, Simon. It was all about his coming, you know, him having sex with a straight girl, but he's really gay. And yeah. then he gets to the gay part, and then that's the, the, the movie's over. Like, it's not really... It's, we don't need... We need to see after the after the build-up. That's what we need to see. Like, Moonlight. Yeah. Moonlight, it was that. a build-up. It was a build-up. But when it got to them being him being back in a relationship and, and getting together, that's when it ends. And... We need we need films that go past that. We don't we don't we can cut all the extra drama stuff out of that. I want to know how it be how gay men need to learn how to see other men in relationships. What are the dynamics? What happens? What are the obstacles they got to deal with? Um, well, it's true. Also, I'm not trying to interrupt this, but this is about I we've been we always talk about this, but we never really talk about it. I always want to talk about the homophobia on. Not only social media and everywhere, but I always want to talk about homophobia because so many people are thinking that homophobia still doesn't exist, this, that. But the point is, I want to talk about homophobia with movies. I am offended and There's a lot of violence around it. Even though it is wonderful that as a community, we and a minority, we are starting to be accepted in mainstream TV. 
I get mad when I look on, for example, up oh, this is a bad thing about Netflix. Just because one gay character is in a TV show or movie does not make that gay TV. Even though it's an honor. And, and I we, and I disagree. It, I disagree to the extent that sorry, I'm yelling. I disagree to the extent that if if this if they're a prime character, okay, that's a gay show. If they're like off in and you see them every blue moon, that's not that's not that's right. Yeah. There was a there was a few shows that I saw on Netflix that literally like the, like the gay character not only is he just a side like character but again like there's no gay love scene there's no, it's like like oh yeah that's Tommy or whatever like, he's gay bitch that is not gay TV because the one you know I think it's actually I don't quote me but I'm pretty sure like the magicians because you know I'm a sci-fi nerd too and I love it. The Magicians. I watched that, but I I fell I'm off. I'm pretty on it. sure. I'm gonna say the Magicians is not gay TV. Yes, one of the characters is bisexual. Yes, there is. Again, I'm on season five. I think there's one season like him and girl and a guy had a threesome. But my thing is, even though yes, and this works. I'm I'm being a very big con, uh, hypercon, not hypochondric. Uh, contradicting. Contradicting myself. It is an honor that TV, mainstream TV now is allowed to have a gay character. It feels comfortable showing this, but at the same time, just because one of the characters is homosexual in the series doesn't make this gay TV. There's nothing about our culture. There's nothing, and especially in a sci-fi show. Like, there's not, I always say this again. We as gay men, and I know a lot of people might give me flack for this, we are still an oppressed minority. Yes. I fight with this all the time. I talk to all my minority friends. Well, trust me, I talk to more because being in Florida, I forget about New York City. I forget one thing I will always miss about New York and I love about New York. I never felt alone in New York because New York, everywhere you walk, you see people of color. You see gay people. You see trans people. You see just fucking crazy people. You see every different color, ethnicity, religion. Living outside of a big, big city and gay cities, I will say, there's times I'm at the gym and I'm like, oh my God, everyone here is white and probably straight. Like, you know, it's very awkward, awkward. But the point is, I keep on saying this to my friends, I'm not trying to ever minority, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm never trying to, like... Diminish or minimize. Minority is a minority. Every minority has struggles and the worst. But I always say this too, and I'm not, I know it sounds hard, but gay people, we are the minority that's allowed to be made fun of. We are the minority that even to this day with people being like, hey, her, gay rights, and all these PCs, we are still the minority that police are never going to do anything when they hear some fucking guy go, look at that fucking faggot. It's still just never, you know, we are still those people that being gay, like we talk about, we've talked about this before, but the point is with movies, this is what I'm trying, trying to say, how it's an honor. We are an oppressed people. So we, this is a big step for us in this move. But also is, I hate that we are not mainstream enough. What I'm trying to say is like, there's a difference between these movies we were talking about that are great gay movies that have about gay culture, the gay men, how, you know, the, the things that we, how we're different. But putting shows where there's a gay character as gay TV, the reason why I don't like it is because in a way you're almost stereotyping us, but also is now that homophobic father and mother aren't going to let their kid watch a show where there's just one character that happens to be gay. Because the thing is, it's not gay TV. That, that's what I know. I don't know if I'm making sense. But I don't know. It just a little bit. It did. It ticked me off a little bit. When I saw there was a few shows on there well, that I've watched. I'm like, that's okay. not gay TV. I have some series that I think you will like, that I think you will really appreciate. Um, I don't know if we talked about it, but Bonding, which is about... Oh, girl. 
We talked I, about you know, it, right? Like, I may like talking. Bonnie, girl, as a sex worker, and everyone clearly has seen my Twitter who listens to us. And, girl, when I watch shows like that, I'm not like, oh, it's too. It, it's kind of like I, you know what? Actually, if you watch Bonding this season, which I, I still watch it, the season two was the really last good. Is everything I'm about to say? In a way, it's like they're making a joke out of people, especially right now. This is my main income. The girl gets very, I'm not going to go into it, but the last episode, the sex worker gets very offended at the sex workers that are making a joke out of it. And the thing is, so that's where, so I remember before I was really, really, really all sex worker. I have a lot of female Dom friends who used to get very offended. And I used to always be like, why? I don't get it. Now it's it's so weird how the tables turn. I understand what they used to say about like like Fifty Shades of Grey. I have a lot of female doms who always hated that movie because they're like, oh my god, I do this for a living. Jesus. The thing is, now that I I do tie people up in dungeons, when I watch Fifty Shades of Grey, I'm like, it kind of not only diminishes our work, but also is, puts the wrong idea in people's heads. Yes. Well, my, oh, how it works. And that's like, why I that's why I actually love this season of Bonding because I felt like. They put a more, it put, like it, like how Devil Wears Prada put respect into a fashion industry that used to, an industry that used to be like, oh, you just like to play with clothes and dress up. And they had to show you that it's a serious business. And in Bonding Season 2, I felt like they made it more serious. Like, they had their jokes and moments, but it was like, you had to like, you had to respect it. Also, not trying to be a spoiler, but, and we're going to be very vague with I I really actually... As much as the first season, I was very like, oh, God. The second season, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched it because I'm like, oh, shit, I don't really have anything else on. But when I watched it, I actually grew to respect and really like the show. Not about its humor. They were showing the, A, the dangers of being a sex worker. Even though it was in a very humorous, like, when I say humorous, like, it's, it's in a, you it's know. Still a light, it's still a light like, show. It's light, but the thing is, they showed how she almost, you know, they almost got killed. They also, what I like to respect about them was, they were showing how the world is against sex workers. And when, I, when we talk about homophobia, you know, all these sex workers right now, you know, I'm trying not to, but a little bit, we talk about this, you and me personally, <clears throat> and the struggles, forget about me, but so the homophobia, it's not like homophobia, but the way that Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, everyone other than Twitter, excuse me, attacks male, female, straight sex workers. It's like, it's so hard to be a sex worker in any capacity. Be like, oh, you're starting OnlyFans. Bitch, where do you promote? Because I get flagged on Instagram, this one, that one, every day. But in the show, that's what I liked about Bonnie and I really felt it was, they because I, I don't want to give too many spoilers, they were showing the hardships of this, you know, long-lasting dungeon. Yeah. And how it's like, even with paying your rent on time, because they know what it is. They don't they want it there. This is, and, you know, and I like it too, because in this, this, this season actually changed it, because... Bonding the first season was very SNL, like trying to be funny. Where the second season was really, you're right, it was just all about the hardships. Like the first, like the first episode out of the gate, you, it was like, yeah. oh, it was serious, and I, I really like was like that was my my air that was my airplane series, and I binged it in one flight. Like I was like, oh my god, I gotta watch this. The episodes are short, but I because you know it's true. Like you know, the first season was all about like the funny things, and I'm not gonna lie, like, that is true. Like I. Girl, every single one of those clients I've told you about, girl, I have many of those, you know, the small penis humiliation to the fucking fur people. But anyway, the second season was more about the, I'm still a real person when I take off my left, like, you know, the woman who owns, you know, the thing. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Yeah. 
Mistress Mira, Mistress Mira, who's also who's also one of the writers on the show. I loved it. Yeah, Nana Nana Amish or something like that. What's her name? Tiffany. Nana Amish or something like that. Tiffany is the Mistress May. Her character is Mistress May. Tiffany. They were showing about how Tiffany was, you know, doing. I like the normalcy. They were showing that, like, yes, she does this because she loves it, but she's also doing this because she needs again that stereotypical money for college. But she realizes too is that this is not just a just a part side job. This is a lifestyle. And that's why I meant by so many sex workers normally roll their eyes at those shows. Because the thing is, I always say, listen, if you do it for the money, there are people who just do it for the money. God bless. I do it for the money, but I also do it because we've always said we all know a pig, and I love it. I do. I love it. But that it's that balance. I don't know. It's respect. But the things I liked about that show is now that show. That could be on gay TV because not the main character is a homosexual. The main character is telling his struggles of not only finding a boyfriend, but men's struggles of being gay. Like, like again, we can't do it because we're going to ruin the season for people who haven't watched. Like, the thing that him and his boyfriend went through, that now that's, that's why it's gay TV. Just that one episode. Yeah. That is why it's gay TV because every gay man, not every, but a lot of gay men are closeted. Yeah. I know I just kind of gave it away a little. Spoil, I'm not into details. Well, to me, that's why you can call that gay TV because that is showing the struggle of even in 2020, gay men are still doing dealing with. Well, that, that brings me back to my next show, my the next show, P Valley on Stars. P Valley on Stars is like. It's eight dollars a month. Relax. It's cheaper than it's cheaper than Netflix. Relax. And oh, I P, well, I had well, I kept hearing so many things about it. I had to watch it. So P Valley about a strip club. P Valley is about a strip club in Mississippi, in the dirty okay. South, and um, it's owned by um, a gay man, Uncle Clifford, who gives you. If you remember True Blood's Lafayette, he's like the reincarnation of Lafayette mixed with like, but he gives you like wigs and beard. And he almost reminds me of Kareem. Um, McJagger. Yeah. He always reminds me of Kareem. Find Kareem McJagger on Instagram and see that hot fucking mess. I love him. And he, I um, hot mess with the best way, And of he, like, and one of the characters that he is messing with, you know, that he's seeing is actually, is in the closet. So you see the dynamic of him, like, keeping it on the secret, on the low, and then how black culture handles homophobia and gay men and sex. And um, its premise is about a, a, one of the dancers, she shows up and she comes to amateur night and she has this backstory that nobody knows about. And she starts stripping at the strip club. And then you have the established dancer who is like Mercedes and she's like the star and she's got body. She does aqua. She's like the main attraction. And so she like, she has a kid and she's trying to like work her way through college and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a lot of things going on. But one of the highlights of the series is one of the black guys is walking full frontal with a hard dick in the picture. That was, that was, it gives you, only, it gives you, it gives you gay sex. It gives you dick. It gives you drama. It gives you action. I, t- it's eight episodes. I give it ten out of ten because it's so good. But my thing is, and what I'm trying to say is that I, and this is going to sound very all over the place, 
When it comes to saying the word gay TV, my thing is this. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing that we're starting to become a mainstream. But the thing is, just because, like, if they did a reboot of Say by the Bell and uh, one of the characters yeah. is gay, that's yeah. not gay TV. That's refinely accepted as a part of the world. Because not for anything, but just because Tina is black doesn't make Say by the Bell black TV, does it? No. Even though... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just have one. You can't just have one um, one signature character, and then all of a sudden changes the dynamic. No. But also, I I say so too. When it comes to gay TV, the thing is, gay TV doesn't have to be because people used to look at like gay TV as queer as folk or the L word. It doesn't have to be a show about this magical fake place where there's no straight people other than our mom. You know, like Queer as Folk, I mean, every episode, it's like, there was not one, other than, like, getting coffee, there was not one straight character. And, like, yeah. listen, sadly, trust me, I would love to live in that place. <laughs> in that world. Because <laughs> trust me, I'm heterophobic. Even living in Hell's Kitchen, girl, I see two straight people, I'm like, that's too, too many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I would love to have that dream of, like, where everyone's gay, but the point is... You were spoiled rotten. <laughs> we, we do need to have... I like the things where I like about what, what, to me, considers it to be gay TV is talking about gay culture, not gay struggles, not necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to be like the AIDS pandemic, it doesn't have to be about us fucking each other. It has to be about the... Because we are, again, a people that is smaller than the majority. We're multidimensional. Have, we're not just one, we're just not one singular. But also our community is different. You know, like, and I'm going to say this too, like, you know, because I always, I always like to, I always like to compare minorities. When I say compare, like, you have to respect each other. And that's why I've always said, it's like, I, I'm one of those people that, it's not about a comparison. It's not a competition. But like, the thing is, you have to look at other aspects. Like, I've been watching this, the show on uh, Netflix. They, there was a show, that I think they, it's basically the Rich Housewives of, like anything, but it's it's all about Chinese culture. Oh, Bling Chinese. Empire. Yes, Bling Empire. But what yes. I love about that is, and this is why, for example, I would call that, you know, a cultural, you know, because uh, there's Chinese people on it. There's also uh, and, and you and you learn the difference of the nuance yes. of each of the cultures, which but was really dope. They're being real people. They're rich people. They're bougie. They're funny. But also, is they're showing the culture. Of how even now in 2020, you know, because I'm not sure when it was filmed, they're showing how still like there's things that like as much as people were like, oh, that was back in the day. Like it's again, I I know this is going to sound very racist when I say Mulan shit, but like they still have like very big principles to this day of like asking and honoring the parents to yeah. have be a surrogate. Like, but it's not like a like it's not like oh we need to like you know you know tell like we have to honor his parents. Like it's very traditional. Yeah. But again. It's about their community, and that's what I mean by like, with gay TV is that like it doesn't have to always be about us being sluts or pigs or dying or being gay bashed, but about our community, about how like like the struggles of finding love. Like, are just bitch, are just a, a nice a, a good day of just having fun. It don't have to be so dreary yeah, and broke it's, down. It's, and it's like, people forget this. That's why I get mad about. And we we talk like you brought up once Riverdale. I always remember because you did this once before we talk about TV shows. I'm like, Rick, we're late night cruising. It's about sex. I don't want to talk about a gay cult. But it made sense. I always, it always thinks about, I always resonate with this. With Riverdale, I really, back then I made fun of it, but now I don't because Riverdale is a teenage girl show. The one gay character is on it. It's that one episode that I respect, which we talked about gay cruising because it wasn't about gay cruising. It was the respect of the fear of how this poor teenager. And the girl's like, oh my God, that's dangerous. 
he had to go cruising. I don't know if you remember this. He, oh, about. I would never forget it because <laughs> I brought it up. <laughs> to me, why it's not about sex. It's about that's about our community culture. It's a point that for a gay person, he said it. He's like, I'm not doing this because I'm a slut. I'm not being promiscuous. There's no one gay in school. I have to go scared, scared in the dark woods to look for men because I'm never going to find a boy to date at school. Even though later in episodes he did, one of the straight football players secretly came out gay, be gay, but never came out. But the thing is, the, the reason why I'm bringing up is because it's not about the whole like desperation. It's the point of like people don't realize right away the homophobic people are like, oh, that's a slut. Fifteen years old is risking his life to go get dick. No, 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 no. Sally and little Johnny, though, I'm not saying that you need to get a blowjob. You should be giving them a 15. But they have the option of girls and boys being interested and those beginning of teenage hormones flowing. I'm not saying that at 15, because we're gay, we need to suck dick. But guess what? There is no hormones flowing in his high school. And again, especially in gay USA, and I'm learning this more and more now than before. It's true. There are so many, I, you know, again, living that gay city life opposed to gay USA, I'm starting to learn and realize that, oh, my God, these movies are real. There are really high schools out there, like Tom, the musical, where, yeah. oh, my God, there's one fucking lesbian in the goddamn entire school. Like, shit. Can you imagine? There's more. There's not just her, but they all know how to, like, play off or still keep in the closet, to, you know, for their safety and their sanity because they see how being out, how it affects people's lives. You know, so but that, but that's what I mean by we're still an oppressed people because I've said this before on the show. We talked about. I feel like it's something that we need to always bring because so many gay men, you know, people like there are so many like my mother. Oh, no one hates gays. Everyone loves bitch. Prom is based off of just the last what was it? Last five years that happened. Yeah. So in the last five years, there's a town somewhere where there was one lesbian and they shut down the fucking prom. The girl, not 1920. Not 1980, over 2010. But that's what I'm trying to say about uh, what, what was it? Yeah, 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes. But anyway, my, my last thing I'm trying to say is that that's what I meant by us being oppressed, that so many people surpass thinking that gays are, it's not about that. It's the point that we are a minority that sexually can only be with ourselves. And like I talked about Orlando, I always bring that up. Like, girl, like to me, coming from where I had options, Living in a gay building that realistically means 15 gay men, like, so I have 15 men to choose from, I better like one of them because I'm gay. Bitch, I'm not a fucking, you're not trying to stud out a goddamn golden retriever. Like, <laughs> we're not going to all go in a room with each other and smell each other's butts. No pun intended. Maybe you should. <laughs> but, but also, that, my last statement, because I would like to talk to me so rude. That's what I also meant by the disrespect of it is that I hate sometimes how when they show on these TV shows, they don't show the struggles. Uh, they basically undermine like the gay characters, normal everyday life. They never really bring up the struggles of like how it doesn't work out like that. There's a few, sh- I'm not dynasty, I'll say whatever. The gay ca- girl, yeah, but again, every character has an easy life, but like at no time they treat basically he basically should be straight. They never show how it's hard being gay. Oh, I'm gonna go on this app and up. Oh, I have a date in five minutes, bitch. You listen. Even if you're the most beautiful gay man in the world, it doesn't work like that. You know what I'm saying? Like find love. Maybe you can get dick in five minutes, but it's like again, it's like that's showing people how easy it is. No, being a minority is never easy. I mean that for all minorities. I say it. But that's the same thing with like you know, like I said, like the black community, my black TV or Chinese community. Some of these shows kind of. 
like, you know, oversee, like, yes, it's great that you have a black character, but there's struggles that you're not showing. Like, I, I can't remember a pinball, but there's times I've seen shows where I'm like, bitch, I grew up in a very, very diverse place. Um, I'm pretty sure that that wouldn't be that easy for that character, you know? Yeah. But I feel like to show that like shit like you know it wouldn't be like it's great that you're well, trying I think, to I think that's people. why I, I veer away from network TV and I've I've leaned more towards cable and streaming services because my list that I have is pretty much there's hardly anything that's on network TV because it's just not yeah. where it's at um, but we have to take this conversation pick this conversation at another time because there's so many shows that I have to like give you and it's just like um, that I feel like it's going to, um, uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Am I back? Okay, yeah. So, um, that I feel like you, you go to, you go to, like, I'm going to give the, the listeners some good, some good suggestions and a lot of options. Um, and well, then. It's like, like, you know, a lot of these people, like, and this is why it's good to, to talk about when it comes to the sexual aspect, like Riverdale was a big opener. Like a lot of people out there, we, like I said, we've said this so many times. You and me forget we're pigs, and that's why we always have to repeat ourselves. Like, you and me talk about Fire Island or a glory hole like it's going to Walmart. <laughs> we forget, like, even gay men who are gay are like, Wait, glory holes are real? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, so there's a lot of things that, like, you know, and that's the thing, like, 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 what's good about when they show things about these gay cultures. Like, there are gay men out there that don't really know they were fucking cruising spots in the woods, you know? It's like, so we forget that living, coming from a gay city... There are gay men who really don't have their first gay friend until they move to a gay city. Well, that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I created because I came from a basic city and I moved to a gay city and it was an eye opener. It really changed my perception of what I thought, what I thought in New York before I got here and what the reality is, is so vastly different. I thought it was going to be living in the section. There's also your fucking one-eyed monster you got swings in between your legs. <laughs> Bitch, we've all seen we've all seen Big Ricky. I feel like there's a reason why you're popular in New York. I'm just saying, pow! <laughs> so, um, so, but when I got here, it was more than I imagined, and, and I'm grateful for it. But that's yeah. why I started blogging and started um, documenting in some way or somehow because I didn't want to forget that moment, and I want to share my story and tell people that there's more options out there. And yeah, like that was the whole point of me creating late night cruising, having the parties and events and promoting. Cause I was busy. Like I, it was a lot going on and yeah. it's just, that's why, that's what was my inspiration. So yeah. So yeah. So any final well, thoughts? Talk more about it next time. So I, I feel like that's a, an eye, like everything. Cause then we got to discuss like the golden globes and I, I got some opinions about the that. Golden globes. Girl, that has nothing to do with our show. We talk well, about. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna calm down. I'm going to make culture. a. I'm gonna make a point about it. It's not gonna be the whole show. Relax. Just, Relax. But anyway, you dirty, disgusting, cum guzzling whore. What uh, can the listeners? Um, what are you up to, Mister Maselli? What can the listeners? Know? What do you want the listeners to know before we go? All that I want the listeners to know is that we will be talking to them next week more about all of the fun aspects of our opinions on not only cruising and sex and gay community and culture like we always do, but our disgusting, raw, no fucks given opinions. But also, like I always say, please write us in topics for, that you would like us to talk about. Because people listen, they like hearing loud, obnoxious Brian and loud, obnoxious Rick. Well, I'm more loud and obnoxious. <laughs> they like our opinions, but things write into us 
things that you want to talk about or tell us your story. I've always said this. I like hearing other people's stories. Like I said, other than really right now in my life, I always never understood what it was like to live anywhere other than a gay city. So I want to hear like other men's first time finding out that, oh my God, there's a woods that have gay men in it with peepees that are hard. I want to hear it. But also, like I said, again, go follow all of us. Make me rich on my OnlyFans and just for fans. Brian underscore thick fair. Follow me every fucking where. Go find Rick Easley on Grinder Scruff and everywhere. I'm this. not on apps. We, do, we know this. I'm not on apps. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm, I'm old school. I'm an old school cruiser. He's and, an old school cruiser, and he's on. Send him your whole pics on Instagram because he will show you what he's going to plug into it. Ah, what? What the fuck? What? Oh, oh, the silhouette challenge. Oh my god! I just did one. We, I, I we, think I think my silhouette challenge is beautiful, classy. It will probably be flagged on TikTok after I hang up with you and go check it. But the silhouette challenge, uh, just closing, closing up. The yeah. silhouette challenge. Um, it's on Twitter. People, it is on Twitter. So if, if, what people do is, and I, I'm learning this myself. So you can make, you can use TikTok and Snapchat to make dirty videos. And not post them, but use them. Like, cause I, you sent me the silhouette of like this guy with a humongous dick. And I'm like, girl, there's no way that didn't get flagged on TikTok. <laughs> it's because they're making it and reposting it. I'm not going to lie. Bitch, I'm on fucking 12 different goddamn websites promoting myself and my dick. I don't have time to make a TikTok silhouette, silhouette and then fucking make a Pornhub silhouette. Right now, there's only one being made, but the silhouette challenge on Twitter, the men who do have the time, it's everything. Oh my god. I've seen seen people um, fucking the silhouette. I've seen something big. I've seen. You know, so I saw one of them. So this man, this was a while back. I saw this guy post something on. This is when I thought thought TikTok was for Twitter. I thought it was sex too. Because there would be this guy showing TikToks where he did something where he used to, he used to shoot his load. He's a big load, but he'd be like coming like, you know, with all the effects from TikTok. So I was like, oh, that's why I went to sign. I'm like, oh, so TikTok's like uh, Twitter. And then I realized, oh, no, 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 no. He just has TikTok's app, but uses it to make one minute their effects for Twitter things. So, yes, it's very interesting. So basically is... I don't know how to really tell people research. I'll get more on that. But a lot of the TikTok challenges are done also by porn, uh, porn industry people. And then they do their own version on TikTok. But the silhouette challenge on TikTok has been very, very, very interesting. You know what's funny? It was supposed to be for, for women to show body positivity. To show their shape and silhouette. And, Bitch, yeah. I'm body positivity. It showed my shape. I don't know why I was not loving it. Yes. We'll see. All right. Yes. But it's. But I love you, Ricardo. I love you too. Up. I know we gotta go, but we will talk to everyone next week. Have a wonderful piglish weekend. Yes. And catch us on tribe.com. That's T R V B E, as well as our T-shirts at Top Subverse. T O P S U B V E R S dot com. Yeah. I'm your host, Rick Easley. That's Brian Maselli. We'll see you next week. But it's the pandemic. Dirk off, and we'll see you next week. All right, bye.